0: Did you know that you were born to lead? Join us on the Big Axe Podcast, as this show is designed to build your leadership skills through conversation with other successful leaders.
1: Hi my friends, welcome to the Big Axe Podcast with yours truly Janil Boone. I must first say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for taking the time out to invest in you. Thank you for sharing this podcast with a friend or family, with someone that you think it is best to invest in. And I must say thank you. Because of you, we have been able to touch 35 nations thus far. Some of these nations include England, includes Indonesia, and the list goes on and on. So we say a huge thank you to you. In season two, we are presently focusing on wildlife stories, young entrepreneurs stories from across the Caribbean who were once attendees or alumni to the U.S. Department of State's flagship program called YLAI, Young Leaders of America's Initiative. I do encourage you to visit and or apply at ylai.state.gov apply. That's ylai.state.gov apply. Be sure to maximize on this opportunity, especially... If you are within the age range of 25 to 35, if you are a young entrepreneur or a young leader in any sector of life, this is your opportunity. Speaking of sectors of life, as you may know, I love to speak of the seven mountains of influence. Later in today's presentation, we would have a friend of mine, as he would speak about such, he would speak about the seven mountains, such as government, entertainment, business, and the list goes on. He would empower us in that nature. He did this at my retreat in 2019, Lee's Leadership Empowerment and Educational Source. Now this episode holds dear to me as it was the foundation for the retreat. I would have loved to give you that retreat yearly, however due to COVID in 2020, we were not able to host such. But I say thank you, because of such we pivoted and we eventually made the Big Axe Podcast. Yes, what you are having here is what evolved from our retreat into a podcast in the midst of a pandemic 2020. Now this young man is, and I would now learn to say was, this young man was a minister of the gospel for almost 50 years. This young man was a husband for over 35 years. This young man believed in the development of the human mind more than just spiritual he believed and he support young persons in their endeavors. He believed in diversity. This young man believed in knowledge. He believed in developing one's mind, therefore developing one's self. Today's episode is a tribute to the late Dr. Apostle Alan Isaac. He was featured on our Lease in 2019. As an effort to showcase what he would have done here on earth, as an effort to continue to build you, our listeners, I have since decided to give you his presentation from our retreat. I do hope that you will be empowered, you will be blessed and you will be transformed. The topic of today is the connection between your leadership ability and your destiny. The connection between your leadership ability and your destiny. Let's head on over to the Lee's Leadership Retreat and hear from the late Apostle Dr. Alan Isa.
0: I want to read um, some scriptures. In fact, I'm going to touch on the seven mountains. That's one of the lectures that I do. Some of you may have never heard about those seven mountains of influence. I have um, entitled my presentation as the philosophical connection between your leadership assignment. And your destiny. One or top the speakers spoke about not having anybody. I think um, Tishon and Lavon brought in a bit where nobody tells you how you can do what you need to do in order to succeed like they have succeeded. Even in Christianity, preachers who learn things don't pass on the information to other preachers because of fear of being overthrown. And in business you find the same problem. I am one person who have always passed on information. And the pastor comes, if he has the time and he sits and he asks me question, I will be answering question for the next six to eight hours. There's nothing that I have learned in my 47 years of preaching that I don't want somebody else to know. I'm always willing to pass on information. Some of you looked at like me as if I was 47. <laughs> no, I've been sharing the gospel for 47 years on six continents. I wanna, I wanna do This is my approach. When I lecture at Hager Institute, where we don't call ourselves lecturers, we call ourselves facilitators. We'll bring people from 30, 40 different nations, high profile. I think Mr. Bailey has been there once. Yeah, you went in the one week, but we do 25 days. And um, we got politicians, businessmen, engineers, just name it, top level people. Why do we bring those people? Because they have something we need. What is it? Influence. So we'll use the influence that these people already have and focus their attention and how they can advance and expand the kingdom of God with that influence We, we call it creating the domino effect Then of course, um, one of my series of lectures was on leadership in reference to family life If you don't have a good family life, you really don't know how to be a leader because the first people you lead, and somebody mentioned that if you're married as a man, you are a leader, I'm not too sure how that works, whether the man is a leader and the lady is what, the follower? But I think um, based on scripture, they're both leaders. It's just that somebody has to make the final decision. And we thank the ladies for letting it be the man, even when we're wrong. <laughs> so I want you to know, every one of you has influence whether it's negative or positive you may never know how many people are looking at you I mean I sat at the table and um Darren said to me you came to my church in St. Martin you prophesied over me all that you said and he told me told me some of the stuff I said I don't know what he's talking about he said it's not happening in my life so I mean, I didn't know the young man, and then this other young man. <laughs> give me your name again, Gavin. Gavin said to me, "My bishop asked to give greetings to you, so your bishop." And then he said, "My bishop in Michigan." Say, I said, "Well, how would he know I was going to be here?" He said, "He knows." <laughs> <laughs> I, I give you that to show you, you never know who you're influencing. The old saying that do what I say not as I do has been nonsense for years. And most leaders, unfortunately, have that philosophy. I want to establish something and I'm going to try my best to do it in time. If I go a little fast, don't mind. I'm establishing something. There is someone that God has assigned to you to help to bring you into your purpose and destiny. If you don't know that, and I I wanna pause here a little because sometimes we're connecting with the wrong people. And we still wonder why we're not advancing. I mean, even marriage, you gotta connect with the right person because your spouse can become your biggest hindrance and your biggest enemy. You have to have the right people let me give you some scripture so that you understand how important it is to know that you're not an accident. And I'll show you that in a while. But let me give you scripture. Jeremiah 29, I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. That final outcome is destiny. When you get to that destiny, you'll know it. In chapter 10, verse 23. Oh Lord, know that the determination, the way of a man is not in himself. It is not in man, even in a strong man or in a man at his best to direct his own steps. Solomon said, many plans are in a man's mind, but it's the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. And then we have... When he taught them to pray, he said, your kingdom come, your will or plan be done on earth, which is in my life, just like you planned it in heaven. Then we have coming out of um, Genesis chapter one. This is the last one. I'm just going to read a little part. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply And fill the earth, subdue it using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. Service of God and man. Service of God and man. That's business, right? So everybody's here and they have business. And they say, have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. It is said that a healthy male produces... Between 40 million to 1. billion sperms. How many of you have ever seen the sperms as men trying to get to the female egg? Anybody? You guys never saw that? Oh, so you've seen it. See all them sperms trying to get up there, but they have them like men fighting one another. Now, let's go to a neutral figure. Let's say a half a million sperms in one tablespoon. Ejaculation there's only one egg up there, one egg, a half a, I mean, a half a billion, 500 million sperms running up there. Only one can produce a child and a person. I believe God is involved in the orchestration. As to which sperms get to that egg so that that person can be here. It's like God said, I need somebody to do that, like leaders do. And God says, okay, this sperm will be the best one. And God orchestrate a sperm by the name of Alan Samuel Isaac. He was way to the back. There's no way he's going to make it up there. He was weaker than the others. And God just blocked everything and opened up a highway. And Alan Isaac got right up to that egg. I looked back at my friends and said, boo, boo, boo. And I became me. And that's you. We became who we are because God wanted us to be here. I'm happy to understand, there is no accident. I listened to all the stories. I came into the world through adultery. My wife came into the world through adultery. We knew that our biggest demon would be to fight adultery because that's how we came into the world. My mom was 18, my father was 49 when I came into the world and I was his number 30th child. There are only two after me. 32 children. My wife came in the middle of her father's children. She and her sister were born the same year. Her sister came in April and she came in December. Now I'm trying to show you out of a bad situation can come good. Never let your story end at your negative situation. (laughs) just know that there is something else i can do something else because i am not that that was only the facilitation whether it was wrong or not you don't eat the bones right of the fish you throw away the bones that's the bones it's the flesh that is important and that's who you are amen Why you're here and what you're here to accomplish during your lifetime is greatly influenced from the spirit realm. And that's the realm we're ignorant of. And the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm, which is mostly God's domain. No problem, God is spirit. He knows that domain very well. Simply put, you can wish your entire life in a successful career with visible prosperity to show for it without even finding out the reason why you weak sperm were allowed to be here in the first place. A wasted life is a life who lived for many years with many resources without ever connecting with the purpose for which they were here and fulfilling the destiny why God allowed them to be here. Some of you are working for people, making them millions that you could be making for yourself. You're more educated than your boss, but you're very afraid. It's still slavery. Most of us are still in slavery because we think we only can make money. And I think who said it? Somebody said earlier, I think it was Lavon. you can never become rich working for people. I tell this to people all the time because at the end of the day, A salary is inadequate, it's already inadequate for your lifestyle that you have chosen. So you're just cutting it square, you're not going beyond. Some of you can't even save. You ever realize the more money you make, the less you could save? Because we're already deceived in thinking that a salary is our salvation. It's not. To be philosophical in this context speaks of having the right kind of knowledge and wisdom in all times is more applicable to solving issues or problems. There's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is information, my books. Lots of knowledge, research, and they've come from experience. Our marriage book which about 400 and something pages that came after seven years of teaching in Singapore and uh, Mary on leadership leaders and their family life, it has produced 400 and something pages. Of course, my life, my wife's life, our dirty laundry are all in that book. I'm gonna f- just fast forward. Leadership is the behavior of an individual when he or she is directing the activities of a group towards a shared goal within every person. This is what I want to get to is a multifaceted leadership potential. That is only fleshed out as you begin to lead others. You don't know the type of leader you are until you begin to lead other people. If you are damaged goods, you'll damage everybody you lead. I'm trying to look in my spirit to make a statement, and I'm hearing 60 to 75% of us came from dysfunctional families. And imagine we're leading. What kind of people are we raising up? And sometimes with the problems we see, we don't even realize we're just passing on. You know what your parents told you? They got licks at so the beach. I stopped beating my kids a very long time ago because I got so much licks: cap tire, fan belt. I mean, clutter. I mean, just name it. I said this is wickedness. I have to find a way to raise my kids without hitting them. And that has been my pattern. But we, have, we bring into our leadership who we are. The idea is that you will grow and expand as you proactively begin to function within the range of your purpose and destiny. So as you become a leader, and the thanks to, um, I think it was Darren if I mess your name up, don't worry, who actually said leadership is learning. You lead and you learn. You learn and you lead. That's why books are important. I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on books that I got so fed up. I have so many books, so I start putting them on my phone, on my iPad. When I travel, I try to read. But the bottom line is this, if you don't read, you're not exposing yourself, which means you're not learning, you're not growing, how can you grow the people when you yourself is at a standstill? It's a big thing, really, and that goes right across the board, whether you're in business or in uh, some other position of leadership, you cannot grow unless you read, you study, you learn. Learning is the key. I hate that if you want to hide anything from a black man, just put it in a book. I wanted to say, not every black man or black woman. But it's true, people have hidden money in books and those books are there all those years. And the, that book was never picked up to even see what's on, what's on the inside of the book. You know they used to cut out page and um, parts of the pages and put money in there. And that book is on the shelf for years until great-grandmother is going to die. She says, sonny boy, you see that book? Pick it up. Bring it. She said, open it. You can't believe money in that book for all those years. Then granny breathes her last breath and you're now a rich person. Because she sent you to a book, not to read it, but to find money. In a sense, when you're going to books, you find money. The areas of your greatest interest, and I'm bringing this to what maybe you were called to. How do I find out what I am called to do? How do I transition from what I'm doing or maybe along with what I'm doing to what I was really programmed by God to do? How do we do that? Let me show you some of the things that may help you and this is not a hard and fast rule. The areas of your greatest interest. You'll discover you may have interest in 10 different activities or businesses but there's one that stands out. When that comes up, it's like you have drive, you have impetus, you're ready to move. It's like your laughter. That could be the area where you're called to function. Something you like. You can't say you like everything There's always going to be one thing that stands out that you like the most. That could be your area. What about your talents, your skills? Areas where you're just good at doing that particular thing. Maybe that's the area where you're supposed to function. Some people have what they call them little hobbies. I mean that's their laughter. When they have this engagement with those hobbies it's like wow for them. That could be the area where you'll become a multi-millionaire. So a lot of times we're wasting our time on the wrong things. Areas where you have visible termination to pursue in spite of failures and in spite of challenges. These are areas where you mostly find yourself gifted to first lead the way before you lead others because if you say you're a leader and you are but you may not know it and you look back and you realize there were nobody following you the likelihood is your leadership potential is still untapped it's not on display nobody sees you you're a leader but nobody sees that because you have not brought to the surface that which is important Let me just give you a focus here because whatever you're called to do should happen in one of these seven areas. Note we we are talking about leadership. We're not talking about following or working for somebody in these areas. We're talking about you becoming the top leader in these areas. Unfortunately, we're going to show you that a lot of us are in those areas, but we're not leading. Let's start with the family. Leadership emerges from family life. Paul talks about it. He said, if you can lead your family, then you can lead nobody else. Someone who has a bad family life would fail at his own business. It is just that wisdom prevails today where I hire people who can do for me What I can do for myself, I'm not the best example. So they hire people. I mean, Bill Gates was doing his degree, changed his mind, dropped out of school because he realized he can make money. William Dell the same thing. They're billionaires. So how are they succeeding? You got the training, the knowledge, they hire you. They'll give you the best salary to do for them. What they don't have the time to prepare themselves to do for themselves. That's what's happening in the world. The people who work for these people are really the multi-billionaires. But it's just that they didn't know it. So they're using what they have to make these guys richer every year. Thank God they've become better Christians than some of us. Because they don't hold on to all the money. They give most of it away. We, because of the poverty mentality, think we have to hold on to money because we never had it. And now that we have it, we don't want to lose it. At the end of the day, you hold on to your money. You're not a giver. So if you're not a giver, you don't expect anything in return. So at the end of the day, a little sickness comes. And then you look into your account. It's all drained. And the doctor's pocket got real fat. And he smiles at you and said, you know, that is all we can do for you. After his pocket is very fat. Now if you were a giver, you never know. Because sometimes just by releasing to other people's lives, God blesses you. Leadership emerges from family. What kind of leader you're going to be? The same as the type of family man you are. And a lot of people are quitters. You have a wonderful marriage opportunity to develop as a leader but you think it's too much for you because you don't know your potential and capacity so you think the best way to do is to come out of that marriage all you needed to do is stay in a little longer there's something God brought that person into your life to accomplish if you run them or you run from them it's going to be back to square one because the next person you marry God is going to have to use that person to do what he started in the first marriage second is education. This is becoming exposed to every field or area of academia. I don't know why we don't like education, but to me it's the most important thing. We have four biological children and we raise two nephews. Now one nephew left many years ago, lives in the BVI, Every one of our children have the bachelor's degree. I say all. And you don't have to be a rich family to send your kids to university. You just have to have a strategy. You just have to have determination. We let them know you guys are going to go to university. Why do we do that? Right now I'm at the point where I can say to all my kids, you don't need me. You can now be self-supportive. Use all that knowledge and experience you have. Make a lot of money for yourself, but remember. (laughs) I mean, it's only fair. We paid all the interest. $30,000, $40,000. My last daughter, she didn't get the full assistantship, so she needed some money. I said, girl, you ain't going to bank, you know. Your daddy going to be the bank, but you're getting a loan, though. So, <laughs> I said, we're going to borrow from some money we have there. I set it up so that we would pay $2,000. And that's the money I told my daughter, you can have a loan. I said, that's retirement. I need my money back. I ain't giving no more. Then I'm get a lot. No interest, no interest. No, 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 no. No interest. So, education. Third one is religion. The mountain of religion once used to be dominated by God's people Israel and the church but that mountain right now, we have some serious competitors Lavon spoke about competitors We are about 2.16 billion Christians and by the way, 1 point something billion are Catholics but Islam, our greatest competitor Is running one point something billion people. And the strategies they utilize are our strategies. They give scholarships, all the stuff the church has done over the years. That is exactly what they're doing, including the persecution. Because they were persecuted by the crusaders. They're just reciprocating our patterns to our demise. But religion right now, hmm. I don't know what it's going to take for us to get that mountain. We don't have any mountains right now around the world. We don't own any mountain right now. All of them are dominated by other people. So we need our religion. I mean, Christians are too laid back. We are domicile. Sometimes we act so foolish. The Bible did say, Jesus said it in fact, the children of this world, the non-Christians, act more shrewd or wiser than those of us who have the revelation. We do have the revelation, but we're not utilizing it for the advancement of God's kingdom. We can't even take the mountain that God put in our hands, we lost it. We're struggling bad all over the world. Then you have government. We could have had some people in government leading our countries around the world, but we just came up with the stuff that Christians are not to get involved in politics. We just give it up without a fight. Let all the wicked rule in government and we take all the licks. I mean, I don't know when we're going to wake up. Our influence has been so weakened that we can't even, you know, give a voice. You give a voice, you get persecuted. People would say, stay in the church. I can be a politician, but that's not my calling. I found my calling, amen? I have a friend in Panama who decided he wants to run for politics against all the people who said, don't do that, don't do that. He decided he just wants to do it. He almost won, but he lost big time. That sound paradoxical? There were three witches who took the opportunity Of him stepping into politics because they tried to kill him so many times. And they couldn't succeed. When he stepped into politics, they made their strongest move. I mean, he was very healthy when I did his medical checkups. While in the hospital, doctors say, man, everything is good. But we have one little thing we need to check out. He never came out of that hospital alive. And the head witch came to church to confess so I know my role so nobody can get me in politics and politicians can't make an activist out of me, I know my role media, we're going to move fast now this is uh, the the, the dissemination and the dominance of information, negative or positive and most of it is negative most of it is negative I mean, who owns the only dominion I know of besides Rage of Paradise, and bless God, Dominion decides what they put on or what they don't put on. That's the only station on St. Kitts, if I'm not mistaken, that dominates that aspect of the airwaves. And we can do more. We can do more. How many of us own a television station? How many of us own a newspaper outlet? I mean, we don't own anything, guys. Somebody has to rise up. And you guys are brilliant, intelligent, experienced. You got what it takes. Then, of course, arts and entertainment. We made some silly mistakes. Let me give you an example. I was in Seattle, Washington many years ago by Casey Treat. And they introduced Miss Washington. I said, Miss Washington? She won the Queen pageant. And she's a member of this church, and she speaks in tongues, and she worships God. I said, wow, there's something these guys have learned that we haven't learned, yeah? And um, I think it was last year, one of our youth, I understood, decided she wants to go in for Queen's show. And I got people saying, what nonsense is this? This is not right. I said, hold on, just hold on. Your role is to pray for her so she brought all the pageants to church the Sunday we prayed for them and I kept Miss Washington in my mind I said if this is going to be another Miss Washington then so let it be I will not go I will not be telling her I'm supporting because I'm not supporting but whatever God wants to do with this young lady I am just going to sit it. that she doesn't backslide that's my role I know that just hit the religious people but I've learned what happens around the world so I'm able to work with systems as they come up we have just given over and every time look across the world every time you got a good singer I mean they can perform the world takes them we have lost a lot of people all those popular people that you have known of they all started in the church but we have allowed the world to take them Because we think, well, oh, that's the world. Singing is not the world's initiative. Singing is God's initiative. Acting, performing is not the world's initiative. It's Christians. The only problem I have when it comes to acting, you'll find a born-again Christian speaking in tongues, but they give him a script that has F-words in it. And he has to say them. And he will tell you, I am not swearing. I am a Christian. I'm just saying what the guy who I'm characterizing would have spoken. Now I know that's hard for the religious people. But yeah, so that's a little issue we have with them. Let me quickly give you the rest of that. Then the final one is business. Economics. We can never succeed in any endeavor without money. Money is not your enemy. Money is your servant. If you don't have a a lot of it, there's not much you can do. The little that you have is so inadequate that you can only do one or two things. I knew the world had money and I wanted to have a facility that looks like we have money. Hello? So, Rivers Auditorium was my intention to express wealth without the money in the bank. I went to borrow $350,000. We bought our building overseas by the way. We brought in the entire building from North Dakota. So, I went to borrow $350,000. The bank manager looked at me and said, what's that for? I said, so, a record building. He said, I can't do. I mean, banks don't like to l- lend churches, so... I'm talking to a manager who's telling me $350,000 would be inadequate he said I said what about a half a million he said that can do I said how about 750,000 he said Isaac that can do I said a million dollars he said it will partially do I said then I'll take a million a million dollars lending to a church when they think churches can't pay how many members you have we didn't have 250 members we didn't have rich people in our church. People thought there were rich people in our church. You know, who the rich people are the people who didn't have it, but they give the tithes and their offerings because they're expecting a harvest in return. Those have always been the rich people, not the people who seem to have a bigger paycheck or, or a bigger bank account. The people who are givers, those are the multimillionaires. So we took a million dollars, and everybody said we're going to lose everything because there's nowhere we can pay back. We paid back, last day. When you take a million dollars, you're literally paying back almost two million dollars. In our case, because we paid in advance, we were over a year in advance. We still had a year to go. We literally paid just under two million, 1.8 million dollars. No money. You could have all the dreams and visions. You'll never accomplish anything. Money answers the question that you have. If you don't have it, you live the rest of your life with that question, never getting it satisfied or answered. So my recommendation is, and I've just given you about um, two thirds of, well one third of the lecture. My recommendation is, press seriously, go Google the seven mountains, learn what they are. All of you are employed in those areas. How can you get to the top? Tishon makes it clear, I walked there, 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 and then stepped out. That's the pattern. You're, you're accumulating experience, knowledge. Try to save a penny for that business that you want to start. So when the time comes to step out, you can step out. I was once told by an Arab who I worked for, you don't need money to start a business. I think I was about 17, 18 when they told me that. So it was time, I said, okay, I want to start a business. They asked me what type of business. I said, you know what? Our people love food and clothes. I won't go into stuff because they don't know much about that. I said, I want to sell some clothes. He said, okay, go around this big store, which belongs to them. Pick out what you think you'll get sold. So I picked out a bunch of stuff. I have no bag to carry them. No suitcase. He said, you don't have a bag. How are you going to do business? He said, okay, go up there and borrow one. Always remember it's mine. So you bring it back. Or pay me for it. So I borrowed the suitcase. I packed up this suitcase and went around the whole island. Selling clothes. Catching bus. No vehicle. And the policy was, remember you're starting business without money. He said, what you can get sold. Bring them back. Replace them. But it says you only pay for what you got sold. So here am I doing business. And I have no capital. And I did that until I went to college. I did it for them. And then I did it for myself. So I'm able to get stuff sold. And they said to me, every big business you see that are in anything, clothing, whatever. He says they started out of a duffel bag. And then they go to a vehicle. And then they go to a little, little place that only one person can hold in there. And then they purchase the building. And then the business is expanded. And then they're able to multiply the business in other areas. They showed me how you can start where you are at with just an idea. And accomplish so much. I always regret coming out of business. But my former church had the policy, you're not to be bivocational. You left all of that to serve the purposes of God. I always wish I had continued. But then I didn't want to be considered rebellious. So I obeyed them up to now. I don't have any other business except my books. That's, that's my business. I have about 16 titles that are sold on Amazon. That's all I do. But inside, I have such a passion to do business. I believe I can do anything and accomplish tremendously great outcomes. God bless you. Thank you very much.
1: Wow, wow, wow. My friend, that was powerful. That was a mouthful. That was transformative. I don't know about you, but I took notes upon notes. I did some thinking. I did some examination. I, I realized I can do so much better. I can operate so much better. I realize I'm lacking. And there is more in me. There is more that the world can get out of me. There is more that I can invest into this world. There is more that I can do for the kingdom of God. Therefore, my friend, I encourage you to listen to this again. Share it with a friend. Share it with a family. Just Blast this all over as your formal tribute to the later uh, Alan Isaac. Let others see what this man carried. Let others uh, tap in as information don't die. Yes the human may die as a transition into eternity but information is forever available. Now as he mentioned, do you want to live in your destiny? Do you want to operate in your destiny? then my friend, I do believe this is a good start. At this point, I take this opportunity to send my condolences to the family of the late Apostle Allen Isaac, to his immediate family, his wife, his children, and the entire family at large. I also take this opportunity to extend my heart to his church family. I do realize that church was his all, if I may say church was him and because of such he would have been able to develop and founded not just a ministry but he would have also founded a movement Therefore, his Bible college. With such I say a heartfelt thank you to him and his family for availing him to all those he have impacted thus far. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Axe Podcast and before you go, be sure to visit ylai.state.gov forward slash apply and apply for that opportunity now. Next week, we will resume this season as we feature more entrepreneurs from this Caribbean who are alumni to the U.S. Embassy, the U.S. Department of State and of YLAI, such like myself. Have a wonderful one and be sure to subscribe. Be sure to follow me on any social media at J-A-N-E-E-L-B-O-O-N, Janil Boone. Share your reviews, tell the world, and remember, you were born to lead.
0: You were just listening to the Big Axe Podcast, the place where you are empowered through information. To ensure that you do not miss an episode, Please subscribe to the Big Axe Podcast on your favorite platform.